message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Hello, how you guys doing? You guys are showing up out here, playoffs and all. I'm impressed with your football gear, nice, nice. Yeah, the Cowboys made it. I, I said last service, I didn't know they were any good, but apparently they made it to the... <laughs> I don't know anything about football. At last service, I said uh, I, the, the Chiefs were going to lose today. I guess they played last night. I don't know. Anyway, I know nothing about football. I, it's, it's sad. My dad's not proud at all, but uh, I hope you guys are doing good. I hope you guys, uh, if you're worried about making the games today, they start at like 1.30 or so, right? So... Uh, you'll make it. You're going to make it, all right? We're going to end here at uh, 129, so it'll be perfect. All right, <laughs> all right well, today um, I'm going to talk to you guys about dreams. And um, it's funny because my little daughters were here last service, in the first service, and my little four-year-old came up to me afterwards, and um, I said, did you, did you like the message? You know, it was about dreams and what you, you know, the dreams that God gives you. And, and she said, you don't want to hear my dreams, Daddy. And I said, well, what, do you, what is She's all, there's monsters, and they're going to cut me. And I'm like, okay, all right, all right. I was like, listen, those are bad dreams. <laughs> We're going to start praying more before we go to bed, all right? But, uh, you know, kids take things literal. And, it, and it's funny because um, I, when I started, first started thinking about uh, talking about dreams, I didn't even realize that tomorrow's MLK Day. And uh, obviously, uh, Martin Luther King had that famous speech of, I have a dream. And so we all know what it means to have a dream. We all know what it means for God to put something in our hearts, right? I hope you do. And maybe you don't. Maybe you're here today and you say, man, I don't have uh, hopes and dreams like other people do. And if you don't, um, I would encourage you to start praying about it. Start praying and asking God to put a dream inside your heart. Start uh, asking God to put hopes and, and uh, visions and, 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 and things to look forward to inside of your heart. And he will. I also uh, gave advice last service, and I think that it's, it's important to repeat, that if you don't know what your dreams are, you don't know what the reason that God put you on this earth, think about the things that you struggle with. Because a lot of times, the things that we struggle with, the issues that we have, they can become the things that we overcome. And as we overcome those things, we can help other people to do the same, right? So, um, so we're going to talk about that today, but I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into it, and uh, we're going to mix it up a little bit today and have some fun. Uh, I, I'm just going to ask you guys to focus and listen to what God is, is saying to you. Uh, not even necessarily what I'm saying as much as what God is saying behind it. Does that make sense? Sometimes I think that when we come to church, uh, we want to hear something new and fresh. And you might. You might hear something new and fresh. But I would encourage you to listen to what God is saying behind the message. Like, sometimes God speaks to us on Mondays. Sometimes he speaks to us on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays. And then we come to church and those things are kind of brought back up into our hearts and minds. And so I would uh, just encourage you to pay attention to those things, 
because that's what God is doing. He's speaking. And, and God is polite. He doesn't yell and scream. God kind of is in that, 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 that whisper that's always there. And so let's pray and ask God what he's speaking to us, all right? Father, we thank you so much for this day. Lord, it's, this is the day that you've made, and it's a good day, and it's an opportunity for us to focus on you. It's an opportunity for us to listen. It's an opportunity for us to be reminded of who we are in you. And God, I pray, Lord, today as we talk about dreams and hopes, Lord, I pray, God, that you would revive in us the things that you once spoke to us. Remind us of the things that you have put in our hearts. And Lord, if we're here today and we just are just lost, we're not even in a place to even think that way. Maybe we're going through some trials or we're going through some really difficult times. Maybe we're just having a struggle with our actual faith. God, I pray, Lord, that, that you would just break down those walls and remind us, Lord, that you are here and we are here and this is your will and you have something for us. And it's simple. We don't need to overcomplicate it. So help us to hear you. I pray that your spirit would be strong, and I pray that you'd speak to us exactly what you want to speak to us individually and as a church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so um, we're going to talk today. The, the message is called, Sorry, Your Dreams Are on Back Order. Um, I received an email recently, and I knew I was speaking of dreams, and the, and the email was um, an email uh, of an order that I placed. And it said, I'm sorry, your item is on back order. And I thought, you know what? This idea of your dream being on back order is a perfect idea. Because when we place an order for a product, right, and it's not in stock, and we get an email like this, it's kind of disappointing. And I think for some of us, if you are older in the faith, you've been a Christian for a while, and you feel like God has put a dream in your heart, but it hasn't been fulfilled, it's easy for us to get disappointed. It's easy for us to be bummed out. It's easy for us to think this is never going to happen. But when I got an email that said that my item is on back order, I, I have two choices, right? One, I can get angry, I can call them, and I can cancel my order. I can cancel it, right? That's my choice. And I think for us, when God puts a dream in our heart, but it doesn't really happen the way we want it to happen, we get upset, we get bummed, we can easily just cancel it and say, forget it, I'm out, I'm done. Or... You can wait. And waiting is kind of hard, isn't it? Waiting is difficult. I want to uh, start, I'm doing this service completely different than I did last service, and uh, sometimes the Holy Spirit just does that, mixes it up. But I'm going to start with the story of a guy named Joseph. Joseph was uh, called by his brothers, he was called a dreamer. And he was called that as kind of a derogatory term. They said, you're just a dreamer, Joseph. You're just a dreamer. You're, you're somebody who has these ideals and thoughts, and, you know, we don't, we don't want anything to do with you. See, Joseph was a man who loved God, and God did give him dreams. But as a young man, he was kind of braggy. So we're going to start, and we're going to look in Genesis 37, 5 through 11. And we're going to read these words. This is Joseph as a 17-year-old boy, right? As a 17-year-old. How many of you guys have teenagers? How many of you guys have had teenagers? How many of you guys have ever seen a teenager? Okay, you guys know who, who teenagers are, right? So this kid is cocky, a little arrogant, but yet God is moving in his life and he's young. 
So just pay attention to the attitude here, okay? It says, Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, please listen to this dream which I have had. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf rose up and stood erect. And behold, your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to my sheaf. Then his brothers said to him, are you actually going to reign over us? Is that what you're saying? Are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And now he had another dream. So Joseph doesn't get the point. He's young, right? Doesn't get the, he doesn't get the hint that he shouldn't be sharing maybe with these, these brothers. So he had another dream. He related it to his brothers and said, Lo, I had another dream. And behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. And he related it to his father and to his brothers. And his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream that you've had? Shall I and your mother and your brothers actually come to bow ourselves down before you to the ground? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father, who was older, right, and more mature, kept the saying in mind. Now Joseph is young, he's bragging, and at this point, his dream is all about him. It's all about who he's going to become. It's all about what he is going to accomplish in life. Now, some of us have had this point in life where we're young in the faith and we get excited and we have these dreams and we have these goals and we start bragging about what we're going to do, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We get excited. And there's nothing wrong with the excitement, but sometimes our thought process is more focused on us than it should be, right? So as you know, the story goes, and you can read through this from Genesis 37 to 45, Joseph goes through a myriad of difficult circumstances after this. So his brothers end up trying to kill him. They try to murder him by throwing him in a pit and leaving him there. Then he's sold into slavery. Then he's sold again. Then he is, ends up in someone's house named Potiphar, and Potiphar's wife tries to hit on him, and then he doesn't go for it, and she says that he tried to attack her. Then he's thrown in jail. So he's falsely imprisoned. And then he helps some people in prison that are close to the, the Pharaoh, and, and, and they forget about him. So he's forgotten in prison. At this point, Joseph has to think, what was that dream all about? What was it all about? But Joseph keeps trusting God. And he ends up in the end, he ends up in a position to where he's able to help not only his family, but he's able to save an entire nation, the nation of Israel, God's people, because of the position he was in. But it wasn't this perfect road. It wasn't this perfect, he's going to work hard and make it. It was God gave him a dream, difficult things happened, and he had every reason to give up. But then in the end, he ended up exactly where he's supposed to be. Now, look at Genesis 45, 1 through 7. Now, Joseph is an older man. All these things have happened, and his brothers are coming to him, not knowing that it's him. And he's in a position to give them food because there was a famine in the land. It says this in verse, four, uh, verse 1. It says, Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. And he cried. He said, have everyone go out from me. So there was no man with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. He wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Right? Imagine just the... The anguish that he had. He said, I am Joseph. And he says, is my father still alive? 
But his brothers could not answer him. They were still, they're shocked. It says they were dismayed at his presence. But Joseph said to his brothers, please come closer to me. And they came closer and he said, I am your brother Joseph from from whom you sold into Egypt. And do not be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Now look at that last, go back, go back real quick. This last verse. For God sent me before you. God sent me. So at the beginning, Joseph's dreams are all about him and what he's going to do. But then as he's matured and gone through very difficult times, okay, as he's gone through these difficult times, in the end, he realizes it's not about what he's going to do, but it's about what God is doing through him. And it's about what God is doing for the people around him. You see the maturity there. So I'm going to have the worship team come out again. Uh, because I think that worship is a very important factor in all of this. And I'm going to ask you guys, I'm going to ask you a question. First of all, think this through. What dreams has God given you? Maybe it's not a specific thing. Maybe it's more of a feeling. Maybe it's more of a nudge that, you know, life could be better than it is. Maybe it's something that uh, God put in your heart that you're going to do. Maybe it's something that, um, a place you're going to be, or maybe it has to do with your family. Maybe it has to do with your community. But just think about the hopes and the dreams that God has given you. Now, how many of you guys have forgotten? How many of you guys have given up? How many of you guys have lost hope? Think about it. Because the circumstances don't line up with your dreams. So we're going to do something right now. We're going to do something right now really interesting. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord in in, in lieu of those circumstances. We're going to worship God. We're going to lay it to the altar, okay? Middle service. That's what we're going to do. So let's do that.
been hurt by others, right? Some of you have failed over and over. 
If you have failed in your life, raise your hand, right? All of us, right? But as the song said, God doesn't fail. Important to remember that, right? And some of us, some of us, and I was there too, some of us have forgotten our dreams and forgotten those things that God has put in our heart because we are not seeking him like we should, right? We're not, we're not going after him. See, at the beginning of the relationship, God was like pursuing us more. But now God is like, okay, I'm going to let you be you and I'm going to let you come to me because you know better, because you're mature. You're at a place where you've gone through time after time, you've gone through these things and God has come through for you. And yes, God has put these dreams and no, you know, your dream is still on back order. You got the email, right? But thank God it's on back order. Because you know what that means? That means you still have a reason to live. You still have a reason to fight. You still have a reason to go after it, right? You know what a fulfilled dream is? That's game over. That's game over. I was, re- I was uh, uh, reading an article this week about a kid who beat the game Tetris. He beat it. You remember that game Tetris? That was fun, right? It's a really fun game. So I read this article, immediately downloaded Tetris and played for a while. But then... I started thinking about what this meant, right? So this kid, he beats the game, and the way that you beat Tetris, it's not like a big like, thing like Mario where it ends, and it's like game over, and you're amazing. It, I guess the game crashes, and that's how you know you've beat it. I, was th- I went out with my wife the other night, and we went to dinner, and I was kind of observing other people. I wasn't spying, but I was observing other people, and I was thinking to myself, <laughs> what are they talking about? You know, what do you talk about when you get, when you get together with people? And usually you talk about your hopes and your dreams. You talk about the things you're working on. You talk about, and your, and your dreams might be a garden, right? Or it might be you're, you're going to save the world somehow, right? And I was thinking about, like, how, how we have these dreams and we have these hopes. And I was thinking that it would be really sad if I sat across from somebody and they didn't have something they were working on. I'd be sad for them. I'd be concerned about them. I'd pray for them and, and leave. But it would be equally sad if somebody that I sat across from said, I've beat the game. I'm done. I've done everything that I could do, right? That would be terrible because then it's, not, it's your time to go. It's time, it's time for you to graduate up to heaven, right? It's time for you to die. That's, that's the truth. And when I look around here, I see people that are alive. I see people breathing, I see people that have vibrance in them still. Maybe you have issues. Maybe things are going on at home. Maybe you have frustrations and fears, just like everyone else. But you also still have a lot to do. And you have a lot to live for. And your dream's on back order, but don't cancel it, right? Don't cancel it. Be patient. Allow life to happen. And when hard times come, just like James says, Be thankful for those trials, right? Be thankful for that persecution. Be thankful for even your own failures because that's an opportunity for you to go back to God and refocus. In talking about dreams, I also have to talk about the word visions. Um, I looked up, so in Acts chapter 2, um, I'll give you a quick, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up pretty soon, but in Acts chapter 2, I'll give you a quick uh, kind of context of what's happening. In Acts chapter 2, Peter it stands up and he speaks a sermon, and what had just happened was the Holy Spirit came upon the entire church. And so he was fired up. He was excited. 
And when the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, what happened was the people in this room, imagine if we're sitting here waiting for the Holy Spirit to come and the Holy Spirit comes, all these people started speaking in tongues, like different languages. And when you think about that, you think that sounds like it could be pretty chaotic, right? It could be really chaotic, but it wasn't. It was actually a moment of clarity because what happened was there were people there that spoke different languages. They were from different cultures. And when they came they heard God speaking through these people in their own language. So it was like a moment of inclusion. It was like God saying, I got you all. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with you, 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 all of you, even though you guys are different, right? And so in the midst, midst of that, Peter stands up and he starts speaking a sermon. In Acts chapter 2, 16 through 17, it says this. But this is what was spoken of through the prophet Joel. So he's quoting Old Testament scripture, right? Which is like their Bible. It says, and it shall be in the last days, God says, that I will pour forth my, of my spirit on all mankind. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Now, I don't know why the young men see visions and the old men dream dreams, uh, because the word dream there is actually when you fall asleep, you have a dream, you wake up, right? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing because older men probably sleep more, right? I don't know. Maybe that's why, but uh, that's what I'm learning. I'm learning that I need more sleep as I get older. Um, but the word dream means basically a vision that happens while you're dreaming. So the real word that we need to focus on here, um, and two words, actually, the two words are see and visions. And so I went and I looked up the, uh, the definitions of these. And instead of reading the entire definition, I think that could get a little bit more confusing because there's a lot of different words. What I did is I prayed about it and I, and I, I took the definitions and I kind of... Um, uh, I, I, I made it into like a little phrase here, or a little idea of what it could be. And so this is what I wrote. A vision is a glimpse of what could be for you, right? And it's a glimpse of what is. So it's actually understanding who God is. See, we work, um, we live our lives with these hopes and dreams that we have. And then we, if we're wise, we submit those to God. And we ask God to lead us through his Holy Spirit, which we have through Jesus. We ask him to lead us and guide us. And, and we follow his plan, his way of doing things, right? To kind of sum this up scripturally, look at Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, 4 says this. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So how many of you guys have desires? You have things that you'd like to accomplish. And I don't mean base level things like, I want a lot of money or I want that, uh, you know, if you're a young uh, person, I want that hot person to marry me. You know, like you, you might want the hot person, but you, trust me, you want the right person to marry you, okay? That's what you really want. And they may be hot too, that's great, but you want the right person to marry you. Trust me on that. I have the right person, that's how I know. So Psalm 37, 4 talks about our desires. It's okay to have those desires, right? And then look at Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So these two words from these two scriptures that I want to focus on are our desires and his plan. Our desires and his plan. Where those two things intersect 
is where God gives us these dreams and visions. It's a glimpse of what could be, and it's a glimpse of how things really are. It's us working with God as he orchestrates things in our lives. And the way that God works in his infinite wisdom is he allows us more often than not to go through trials, to go through tribulations, to go through hard times so that we will learn to trust him more, so that we will learn that nothing can harm us, really. That even if it's painful, it can't hurt us. And oftentimes it does make us stronger, right? It's like working out. I'm trying to work out again uh, because it's the new year. It's what you do, right? And, and, and it hurts right now. It hurts. My knees hurt. My body hurts. But I know that I'm getting stronger at the same time. It's the same way with God. It's, it, when we first, sometimes we get, we get spiritually out of shape, right? We do, and it hurts when we get back in. It's painful because God's like, I, I, I want you to change that habit. I want you to do things a little bit differently. I want you to get ahead of that. I want you to, you know, not go there anymore. I want you to maybe not hang out with that person as much. And I want you to hang out with these people, right? God just changes our ways. And it hurts at first, but ultimately we get so much stronger. And how many of you guys know that when you give your life over to the Lord, your life is completely perfect from there on out, right? No, it's not. The the difference is, it's like that song where it says there's another in the fire. You go through the fire, but you're not alone. You go through the trial, but you're not alone. Like King David, when he wrote those words, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you fear no evil because he's with you. You're still walking through that valley. You're still there, but you're not worried because he's with you. Big difference. Big difference. And it's important for us to understand. So, Basically, the point of today is if you have forgotten your dreams, go back and seek him hard and ask him to put those dreams back in your heart. If you've never had a real hope and dream from God, ask him to put something in your heart. Not your head, but your heart. Imprinted in your heart. And if you are somebody who you're just going through it. You're just going through the motions. Things have been hard, but you're trudging through. Stay focused. Keep trudging, but also go back and remember the promises that God has given you. And understand that he has put us where we are in this place for a purpose. And listen to him. I don't know how to tell you what to do with your life, uh, obviously, because I don't know you. We're all different. The only thing I can tell you is you got to seek God. If you do, you will find him. That's what it says in the word, just like the song we just sung. If you seek him, you will find him. If you knock, the door will be open. This is what Jesus said. He said those words to you. And so we need to live and we need to hold on to that. And we need to put effort into it. It's work. It's work. So I'm going to end now with this verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 8 through 13. I'm going to read it. It's in the New Living Translation. Um, Verse 13, I'm going to read it in a different one, but I'm going to read this right now. These words are just very powerful. I want you to just read this with me and believe it for yourself and understand it for yourself, okay? Apply this to you. Act as though Paul was writing these words through the Holy Spirit to you, to you, okay? He says, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. 
Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror, but then when we're in heaven, right, we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely just as God knows me completely. Now this next verse is in the ESV. It says, now faith, hope, and love abide. These three things. But the greatest of these is love. Someday, when we're in heaven together, we will all understand. We'll get it. We won't need faith anymore. We won't need hope anymore. But we will have love. Love will remain. And it'll be perfect. We'll be complete. We will get it. We will go. Maybe, maybe we'll even remember. And maybe you'll come up to me in heaven and you'll say, Josh, that, that, remember that sermon you spoke about us being in heaven? Look at us now. Look at us now. It's funny. I, I, uh, for this sermon, I decided I was going to journal about my dreams, my actual dreams. And the first dream I had was about um, the old Sears at the mall. And there was a bunch of cars there, but there wasn't a lot of people in there. And I was like, why? That was my whole dream. It meant nothing. Um, so I'm like, what am I doing? So <laughs> it went like that for a couple of nights. But then one night I had a dream and it was like, it was different. It was different. I was like, and I was, it felt different. I was actually in heaven with a friend of mine and it felt so good. And um, before that, I was like, I was going through this, like, uh, I don't know, like, it, it was a dream. It was kind of wild. I was going through this, like, game type thing, but it was like, we were winning, but it was hard. And it was, I, I don't know, I equated it with life. I, it was just a different feeling. And I equated that with me paying attention. Paying attention, right? How often do we even pay attention to these little things? How often do we pay attention? How often do we wake up in the morning and say, God's going to actually speak to me today? And I think it comes down to this. When you look in the mirror, Tomorrow. Hopefully, you guys, you guys have mirrors. Anybody have a mirror? You have a phone, something? Even though if you have to use your, your mirror and your... I want you to look in the mirror, and I want you to stop seeing a failure. I want you to stop seeing somebody who's not worth anything. I want you to see, if this is you, maybe this is a few of you, I want you to start seeing somebody who God created. I want you to start seeing somebody who God has put dreams and goals in your heart. I want you to start seeing somebody who God has not forgotten, who wants to have a relationship with you. And I want you to start seeing yourself as as a person of worth, as an heir to the kingdom of God, as a little prince, as a little princess, all right? And then understand that everything that you go through, that God is gonna be with you along the way. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, I pray, God, that everyone's team would win today. And uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you would just move in this body, move in our lives, remind us of our worth, remind us who we are in you. Uh, If there's anybody here that needs prayer, come up and get prayer before you leave. Don't leave without doing that. Love you guys. God bless every single one of you guys, even those that don't think I mean it to you, okay? Love you guys. See ya. Thank you for
for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org.